Lukaku wants out of Chelsea. DK and Pepe are the most recent Americans to move abroad, and AFCON is almost upon us. We talk about all of this and more on today's episode of the Final Third Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading. If you want a very a small, free way to support the podcast, go ahead and leave us a review and rating whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, whether that be Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So it would mean a lot to us if you do that. All right, enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Happy New Year and welcome to another news and predictions episode of the Final Third podcast. It's 2022 and we're changing things up a little bit on this show. But before we get to that, my name is AJ Tabura. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast now going for nearly a year. And I'm a fan of Minnesota United, the U.S. national teams and West Ham United. I'm pretty happy about how that's been going as of late and i'm joined uh for a year now uh my co-host jack jack how are you feeling uh pretty good got to watch the best game of the season got to see the goal of the season uh in that game i i'm a fan of chelsea minnesota united atalanta and the u.s and french national teams of course the game i'm talking about because it's the only one that actually played is chelsea versus liverpool which we will talk about uh including hopefully that uh goal of the season contender and yeah we will be talking about it because you know because it's, it's it's monday you know it's our news and predictions episode we go over the biggest news that happens in soccer on and off the field and we give some predictions on some big games that are to come uh but we're changing things up a little bit this this year i suppose but last year and especially towards the beginning we had a lot of different segments like predictions uh, i had my u.s men's national team corner jack had uh, his trivia section or his history section, as well as, you know, our, our normal news section and hearing uh, people's advice, people's uh, feedback or uh, feedback from our listeners. We've decided to you know really focus in on the discussion, the news, uh, because that's what people like to hear. And really, uh, that's like well, what we like to talk about. And even though we are still going to be continuing predictions in some sense, like we still are going to be recapping the biggest games. We still are going to be talking about some of the bigger games that are happening later on in the week. We're not going to have a dedicated section because that would take you know 20 to 30 minutes of our time. And that took away from talking about really deeply the things that we wanted to talk about, uh, considering all the crazy things that happen in the soccer world. We didn't really have enough time to talk about all of them so you know we're going to try out this format maybe it'll crash and fail we'll go back but we're going to try to really focus in on the discussion and really talking about the long-term impacts really go deep on these news stories so yeah uh, as always follow us on twitter and now instagram at final third show we'll be posting a lot more there we've been you know posting these new graphics for episodes that are really cool so better follow us there and also if you'd like uh go to our website we have a new uh, pod page website uh that you can go to in order to you know uh listen to podcast episodes right there or um it's a hub for all of our episodes in case you want to look back at our old ones uh, you know go to all the different listening sites different podcast platforms that'll be there you can get there really easily using the shortcut or the URL finalthirdshow.com. So just like all of our other social medias, it's finalthirdshow.com. Link will be down in the show notes below. 
All right. Well, yeah, I've been speaking for a long time. So let's go uh, into our first section, which is actually going to be the last time we have a really dedicated predictions section. Uh, and yeah, we've been doing this for the past year, uh, last like five months or so. We, we entered a, a new era where we did a scoring system and we competed against you, the listeners. So Jack, for the, for the last time, as of right now, do you want to go over the scoring system of our prediction game? Yes, uh, it will be 10 points for getting the correct results. It will be 20 points if you got the exact scoreline correct and zero points if you got none of it correct. And, uh, you know, for a final week, didn't have as much uh, <laughs> as much scoring as uh, we might have liked. Uh, quite a bit of zeros in there. But AJ, why don't you start it out with one of your teams in Watford v. West Ham? Yes, my team, of course, is not Watford. It's West Ham. And this was a, a fun game for me after losing in a Southampton in terrible fashion in the Boxing Day game uh, earlier on in the week. We uh, traveled to Watford and, you know, it, it was it was a pretty fun game. Of course, uh, Dennis scored uh, right away in the fourth minute. I was pretty sad and I remembered he's on my fantasy team and I was OK with that. And then uh, we just started scoring. Thomas Suchek one to one. Jared Bowen got the assist there. Saeed Ben Rama. Uh, score to make it two to one assisted by Mikel Antonio great goal there uh, Jared Bowen got a, a goal ruled out because of a foul earlier but you know, it was still a really good goal uh, but then he drew the penalty in the 58th minute uh, that led to Mark Noble scoring that penalty great guy Mark Noble his first time like starting I think in the Premier League this season so good that he got a goal and right at the end of it, Nico Vlasic gets his first West Ham goal to make it four to one for West Ham, also assisted by Jared Bowen. And that's why I'm on the Jared Bowen is still really young in his mid 20s. I think he should uh, get a spot on that England team. I think right now he might be on form, the best English winger in uh, the league. So I don't know. I want him to I want him up there. I want the glory for him. In terms of results, Jack said one to one. Did not believe in West Ham. He gets zero points. I said two to one. I I, I knew that Dennis was gonna score, uh, but I didn't know that Bone was absolutely gonna go crazy. Uh, I get ten points though. Listeners, also, come on, guys, voted for Watford. This is why Oof. this is why we're not doing this anymore. Because listeners are terrible <laughs> at this game. No, I'm just kidding. But they also get zero points. Jack, take us to La Liga with Valencia and Espanyol. Yeah, well, Valencia v. Espanol was an interesting game. It was a mid-table kind of scrap to see who could maybe get themselves in a better place in the top four race in La Liga. But in this game, it was one to two. Valencia looked like they might win this. They scored first. It, uh, it was Alderete in the 51st minute. I probably mispronounced that. It's fine, though. Uh, but Espanol rallied late with two goals in the space of five minutes. First, you had uh, De Tomas scoring off of a penalty in the 83rd minute. And then you had probably the man of the match for this one, even though he only came on in the 60th minute. Javier Puado scored in the 88th minute to take all three points for Espanyol. You know, they, they just got uh, promoted back last season and they're in ninth place. And they took oh, wow. a vital three points from uh, a team that was right above them. So. Good for Espanol. Did anyone see this result coming? I said two to one, but for Valencia, unfortunately. 
AJ said one to zero for Valencia. We both believed in Valencia for this one. The listeners, though, they went off the beaten trail and picked Espanol, and for that, they'll get 10 points. Good job, so, listeners. Everyone on the board with points except for me. Let's see if that changes with the next one. Uh, spoiler alert, Jack, it does. Uh, thankfully Fantastic. for you, it's Arsenal versus Man City. I think we're going to be able to talk about this uh, a little bit later on, recap this uh, pretty eventful game. End up being uh, one to two in favor of the visitors, Manchester City. Uh, Saka scored in 31st minute. Riyad Mahrez uh, scored a penalty in the 57th minute. Uh, Gabriel got two yellow cards in the space of two minutes, gets sent off. And at that point, Manchester City grew into the game, a game that they weren't really in for the first 60 minutes of. And at the very last minute, 90 plus 30 minute, I believe, Rodri of Manchester City scores to make it two to one for City and get the three points out of the Emirates. And so, yeah, I mean, Jack and I both saw this. It was three to one. Uh, that was Jack's score. Gets 10 points. Pretty close there. I said two to zero. Saka kind of ruined that for me, but I also get 10 points. Listeners, though, I didn't know we had a lot of gunners uh, perusing our Twitter page because they voted for Arsenal and they get zero points for that. I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, Not the greatest week for you so far, but maybe, you know, we'll all get some points in this next game. Uh, We're going to talk about this later, but Jack, Chelsea versus Liverpool. How did this uh, end up? Yeah, I'm going to go over this one quick so we can discuss it more in depth later. Yeah, of course, of course. It was... 2-2 Two to two, it finished at Stamford Bridge, meaning these two teams, Chelsea and Liverpool, have tied both games this season. Uh, started off with Sadio Mane scoring in the ninth minute after Christian Pulisic scuffed a relatively easy chance, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll say. Uh, and, you know, I, I was feeling pretty bad then, but then Salah scored again in uh, and doubled the lead for Liverpool. And at that point, I was kind of looking at it with doom and gloom. But then Mateo Kovacic came in with a volley from the out from outside of the box, scored and made it one to two. And then Christian Pulisic redeems himself and makes it two to two. Great first half, uh, not such a great second half, but that was mostly because of some impressive goalkeeping from yes. Edward Mendy and Kelman Kellier. Uh, very good goalkeeping by both sides. Uh, but I said two to one for Chelsea. If it wasn't for Salah, then maybe. But I get zero points for that. AJ said Liverpool would win this one. He'll get zero points for that. And the listeners also said Liverpool. Zero points there as well. And I believe it's up to me to talk about the last game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if I can find my notes on that one, that would be great. Yeah. And there they are. Uh, it was Nottingham Forest versus Huddersfield Town in the EFL Championship. Uh, which actually, our last ever prediction... I, I wanted to point this out, had the most votes ever. Yeah, it was on, like 140 votes or yeah, something. It, it was it was incredible. Uh, I've, it was also one of the seen, closest votes ever, too. It, it got competitive. And, uh, you know, it, it made us kind of think about maybe we shouldn't cancel predictions, but uh, it, it was it was an impressive end to the predictions game, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, these two teams were jockeying for a spot in the promotion playoffs, really. Uh, and it ended one to zero in favor of Huddersfield Town with U.S. player Duane Holmes scoring the only goal of the contest. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, U.S. player gives Huddersfield Town the win and keeps them in sixth place right on the edge of those promotion playoffs. Uh, may, maybe it's a player that that'll be in there for the future, although he's 27. 
Uh, So maybe not, but (laughs) still always cool to see a U.S. player score on that. I said it would be two to two. I was expecting a a goal fest, but we all know whenever I say a goal fest, it ends up being like a really small amount of gold. So I'll get zero points for that. AJ said one to zero in favor of Nottingham Forest. Ron, U.S. player you were betting on there. Yes, Uh, yes. Even though he didn't play. uh, So (laughs) one to zero for AJ said zero points there. And our listeners... By, by slim margins, back Nottingham Forest, but it wasn't to be for uh, for Nottingham Forest. And Huddersfield Town are looking in pretty decent shape this season. Well, Jack, that was it, huh? Yeah, that's that's the end of the predictions. Forever. No, I mean, we'll probably <laughs> bring it back. And we're still going to do predictions. And we're still probably going to do like some sort of Twitter polls like every so often before big games uh, to get, you know, listeners involved. Uh, but, but in terms of like an actual game, you know, that is it for now. Uh, it ended up being 20 for me, uh, 20 points for me, 10 points for both Jack and the listeners. And Jack, I'm going to have you guess who, what the final standings were for this season. I uh, I believe I know the final standings and I know why you're having me a- answer <laughs> as well. Yeah, go, no, go, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, go I'm ahead. pretty sure that AJ won the final version of this which is fine because i think i won the original one in our original scoring system so balances out maybe a little bit there yeah, uh, so, i think so, so. i i believe i came second and the listeners came last i believe jack i got some bad news for you oh oh <laughs> you don't worry you didn't lose to listeners I you actually with tied them. with the oh, listeners oh no <laughs> the final sum of all of our points throughout the past 15 or so or 20 or so weeks ended up being 500 points for me and 450 points for both you and the listeners. Yes, you know, we gave the listeners the benefit of doubt the weeks that we, you know, uh, didn't enter uh, the poll. But, but, you know, so, you know, congratulations (laughs) to the best predictor of the final third, which is me, Adrian Tabura. I have some stats for you, Jack. Okay. Uh, The maximum points throughout the the last 20 weeks that we've done this uh, for each of us, 60 points for me, 50 points for you and the listeners. The minimum of points scored was uh, 10 points for me, five points for the listeners, thanks to a, a penalty win. And Jack, you're zero. the only one of us that has gotten zero points. Making happened, records. Making that's records. happened twice. There we twice. go. Making records. That's what we like to see. So really, it's, it's, it's actually impressive, Jack, that you were able to be very competitive. Because do you remember like there was like that space within like the middle of the season where you just dominated both me and the listeners for like five weeks straight. Yeah, yeah, and then and then it all fell apart, just like Chelsea are doing right now. So yes, yes. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of, let's uh, move on to uh, Chelsea versus Liverpool. Really uh, diving deep in there, we'll be covering that game, uh, the Lukaku controversy, and some other things in this uh, uh, new section. So uh, let's start off with talking about the actual game before we talk about uh, a player that wasn't actually playing in that game uh, and ended up. Uh, being two to two, Jack covered it a little bit, but Jack, do you want to talk about uh, the game a little bit more in depth at all? Uh, I, I did want to mention some other things uh, because yeah, in the very first minute, actually before the first minute it even elapsed in this game, uh, there was already controversy because Sadio Mane goes up and jumps, leads with his arm, elbows Azpilicueta in the face and gets a yellow card. And there were some people... Uh, some people include me that think maybe this could have been a red card. Maybe I, 
I, I I end up saying it's probably not a red card, but yeah, because there, there's some people on our Twitter page, you know, sh- shout out uh, the Brian and me uh, soccer podcast for trying to fight you on that. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they're, they're, they're right that it's not necessary. <laughs> it's it's not really a red. It's just me being salty, really, uh, because he goes on to score eight minutes later. Uh, but, you know, I it's, it's strange because there's been red cards given for less. There's been red cards that haven't been given for similar things, but. It, it's just so inconsistent red cards in, in the Premier League this season and last season. Yeah, we, and we every had an season with Vaughn. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, change the system. Some Someone, please. Uh, it needs to be fixed. Uh, but yeah, it, it's probably not a red card. Uh, but uh, I, I'm still just a little mad about it, you know, <laughs> because I'm yeah. allowed to be. A little bit of bias can show through sometimes. Mm-hmm. And of course, Mo Salah, great goal from him making every Chelsea fan even more sad that we sold him. Uh, so, yeah, he, 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 he's a great player. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Liverpool are going to miss him and Mane a lot. It's kind, of, it's kind of funny that the two players that scored in this game are the two that are leaving for AFCON. So yeah. that's, I think Liverpool might be worrying a little bit about that. Mateo Kovacic, he, he has been fantastic this season. Like, I think I, I think honestly, he has been one of the midfield players of the season. He hasn't played every single game because of some injuries there, but his influence on Chelsea is incredible. I, I'm not sure how much of the game you watched, AJ, but Kovacic was... I, I watched the entirety of the second okay. half. <laughs> okay, well, then you saw him, uh, despite not like, you know, scoring or any goals happening, Kovacic was constantly dribbling out of trouble and was playing some great passes. He was... Uh, I mean, he was great in the tackle, had some great interceptions like he was he was all over the place and he he was playing nearly flawlessly. In fact, Footmob gave of them a 9.0 rating uh, yeah, overall, makes sense. Make, makes sense. Man of the match for, for them. He was my man of the match in, in this game as well. Uh, he also had that magnificent strike uh, on the volley, literally put it in the in the on the on the post and it bounced in off of that 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 was a very nice looking goal uh so i i was very happy to see that and of course christian pulisic scoring yeah always good to see especially after um you know i talked about it earlier that chance against uh kellier should have converted that all all he really needed to do he tried to he tried to dribble too much he tried to dribble around the goalkeeper i get it that that it makes it easier but you just got to chip it at that point because Mm -hmm. Kellier is committed. He's on the ground. Just chip it, and it's a goal because there's no defenders around him. So, uh, you know, I, I think that that should have started out better for Chelsea. You know, they could have they could have capitalized earlier. But still, I, I think Pulisic is showing exactly why he needs to be playing at left wing instead of yeah. I was about to say back. like so. Uh, I- if you if you start him there, he's going to get you some goals and get get you some uh, good output. Because we, we saw, like, Mason Mount has been playing fantastic most of the season, but next to Pulisic playing at left wing, he did not look as good in, the, in this game. Uh, so I, I really think that you have to start Pulisic left wing uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, especially because, you know, uh, when, when he plays in the wing back position, I noticed this in the game, I, I think the attack kind of stagnated for Chelsea yep, a little yep. bit. And even even when he went to wing back, a lot of the best chances also came from an attack that went through him or started through him. 
And I think if you move him forward, I understand that, Ch- that Chelsea are going through a little bit of a wing back problem right now. Uh, but if you start him in on the wing, on the left wing, we've seen time and time and again, like throughout all the managers that he's worked with, throughout all of the different players that he's been next to, he's had that consistency that you don't get when you play him out of position. And Jack, you know more about Chelsea than me. Like, is there anyone right now in the depth chart that is ahead of him that you would definitely say is more nailed than Pulisic right now? In any position or just in like those attacking positions? In the, in those like uh, winger spots. I, I think Mount is still nailed in there. He had a he had a meh game today, you know, uh, but he's still super important. Top scorer, top assister. Uh, he 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 he's going to be playing as well. But I think Pulisic kind of nailed on that other spot next to him. So right. uh, that that that's what I think. And also, um, you know, I uh, he he's he's the only Chelsea attacker who is going to dribble at players. He's not going to try and pass around and uh, try try and find like a different route in. He is the most direct player in Chelsea's lineup, at least until Timo Werner's back. Uh, I think Timo Werner is even more direct than Pulisic. Uh, but I right now, Pulisic is the person who is going to take the ball and actually dribble in and try and commit players into challenges. It's why yeah. he draws a ton of fouls, uh, because he can do that kind of stuff. It's also why he gets injured a lot, though, which uh, maybe means that uh, he, he might need to change that up to manage those injuries. But uh, still, I, I think that it shows how important he is. Yes, I I agree. Uh, before I move on to talk about Lukaku, I do want to ask, this draw means that Manchester City, who are the current uh, pace setters in the Premier League, are now 10 points ahead of second place Chelsea. Jack, as a Chelsea fan, as someone who understands how hard this title race could be, how are you rating Chelsea's chances? Because both 538 and normal uh, pundits are kind of uh, ruining the fact that the title race may be over. Do you happen to agree with that? No, yeah, it's over. It's pretty much over. It's oh, a 10 man. point gap. And also um, you're forgetting and we're going to talk about this later, but AFCON it's coming up. Do you, it's going to hurt Chelsea because they're going to lose Mendy and uh, Ziyech Ziyech. Didn't, he didn't get called through Morocco. So, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Just, just Mendy, but that's still a big loss. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, and then Liverpool are losing Keita, Mane, and Salah. Uh, I and potentially Matip. I can't remember if he got called up for Cameroon or not, but uh, still, not good for them. Manchester City. Who are they losing? <laughs> they are losing. Uh, and I, I could, I could be forgetting someone here, but I'm pretty sure they're just losing Mares. I, I can take a look, but that, that's not a huge loss. Yeah, like they, they have scrub. players that can. In fact, Mares doesn't always start like that. That shows oh, yeah, absolutely not like all of the other players that Liverpool and Chelsea are losing are nailed on starters. So right. I, I think it, it pretty much is over. I think AFCON is going to destroy a lot of teams, honestly. Yes, it, it, it definitely it definitely will. So I'm really curious to see how AFCON affects both both uh, Liverpool and Chelsea in the next couple months and also how 
just the, the fixture congestion throughout AFCON. I know Chelsea, they're going to the Club World Cup. They have the EFL Cup semifinals that we're going to talk about later on as well. It, it, it's going to be difficult to manage those minutes, and hopefully you have a certain Lukaku back. But as we saw from uh, today, that's not necessarily the going to be the case, at least in the near future. Hopefully things get patched up. But what I'm referring to, listeners, unless in case you've been living under a rock, was the fact that Lukaku wasn't featured in today's game against Liverpool for Chelsea because uh, of some drama that happened this week. He had an interview where he voiced his displeasure with Chelsea's style of play and was unhappy with his role. And he also said that he wanted to potentially go back to Inter Milan one day where he transferred in uh, this past summer for 96.4 you know, million uh, pounds or whatever. Yeah. And according to him, he said this in the interview in order to placate Inter fans after a pretty messy breakup with him leaving. Uh, one of Inter supporters groups put up a banner outside of San Siro saying, however, it doesn't matter who runs away in the rain. It counts who stays in the storm uh, by Lukaku. So I don't think it uh, really worked out. So Tuchel dropped him, said he was very disappointed in his conduct. And they had reportedly had talks behind closed doors that had gone okay, and they're going to, it it just came out a couple hours ago, have another closed door uh, talk, try to work things out, and Tuchel will announce when he's able to come back in uh, the future. But he said, and I quote, to speak out these things as a big player who behaves like he is happy is a concern and is very surprising. Jack, what do you make out of these uh, comments from Lukaku. Yeah, well, they're not great, but uh, there's a lot of, <laughs> a bit of there's an a statement. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of other things that I, I feel like need to be talked about with this because uh, Sky Italia, who did this interview and dropped it on Thursday. They had this interview conducted like a month ago. And they really? waited until Thursday to drop it, which may which feels a little off to me, uh, like why why would you why would you wait that long for this interview to to go out especially before such an important game it feel it almost feels like an attempt to actually sabotage chelsea i i, I know sick. it i i know it prob- <laughs> i know it probably isn't but it, oh, it feel it feels like it is you know uh in 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 front of such an important game trying to do this sort of stuff you know it 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 definitely feels like something's up with that uh, I'm I'm not a huge fan of the comments. I think Tuchel made the right move in dropping him for it. Uh, you know, show all the other players that no one's bigger than the team, right? If if you even if you're a, a great player who is on good form, if if you're going to act like this, then this is what then there's consequences for those actions. I I think it I think it's smart man management from Tuchel. Uh, I will say I wouldn't be totally opposed to seeing. You know, I, it seems like Lukaku doesn't like the system. I wouldn't be opposed to trying like a two striker formation, uh, especially if, you know, we these depth problems continue. You know, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, unfortunately, it also mean probably Pulisic playing right wing back in that system, Ooh. but uh, which isn't great. But I, I think that. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it, like I- experimenting with it for, uh, you know, a game or two, especially with all of the games that we have coming up. 
You know, right. I, 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 so I understand that it's not great. And, uh, but I'm not going as far as other Chelsea fans who are like, oh, get him out of the club because no, no. he's still a fantastic player. And I, I, I understand like some of the, some of the frustration as well. And like, uh, you know, he, there's been some times where he's been fit and hasn't been selected in the starting lineup. Uh, so I can get that sort of frustration. But at the same time, you know, I, I feel like there's a better time and place to voice these concerns. And I'm being careful now I'm choosing these words because I, I don't want this to be construed as like I'm saying players shouldn't speak their mind about when they when they're not happy with their situation. Oh, right. Because, you know, player players should be free to do that. But at the same time. I, I don't know. It, it's just not it's not a great look. It, it, it's not a great look, mostly for me, because I, I'm also really OK with players speaking their mind, but usually not when it's like disagreements between managers or something that's like very like an on the field issue. Mm-hmm. Like if it's an off the field issue, like if he's like Thomas Tuchel, he's kind of cultivated a very toxic locker room that's caused like a lot of like mental harm to a lot of the players, which is something that we have heard from. Uh, players in the past not about thomas tuchel but like they've said things about that came out in public and talk about that that's that that's one thing but you know i i I think it's good to keep these matters kind of private because it it took thomas tuchel like completely by surprise and i think it takes a lot of people by surprise because of the fact that he's walking into this chelsea team knowing the system that they play knowing that that won them the Champions League last season and still didn't understand why he was being played the way he was being played, even though it's just a continuation of last year. Like, it's all just really confusing to me that it caught caught him by surprise, that he was going to be played in the way that he was expected to be, you know, to be played under Thomas Tuchel. Like, I I, I don't really uh, completely understand that. Nor do I really understand how he thinks trying to placate the Inter Milan fans was supposed to do anything good for both Thomas Tuchel and his perception of him or Chelsea fans. Right? He, he already has, in, in my opinion, uh, not, not, you know, for good reasons, a pretty bad reputation. I, I think that it's a little bit unfair, uh, but he does have a bad reputation between both English and Italian fans for being uh, somewhat of a... Uh, someone who kind of raises issues uh, like this in the locker room. And to a certain point, I do think that is exaggerated, (laughs) but, but this type of comments don't really help his case. And so Jack, do you, do you have any, any insight onto, I don't know, like, like why he, he would say this publicly like this. I really have no clue. Um, I, I don't I don't see why it's necessary really to make these comments. Uh, I, I I don't think they're helpful. <laughs> I I think they're they they could hurt his Chelsea career. You know, a lot of people are really excited to see him back uh, at Chelsea because he that 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 was where he was originally playing. You know, uh, so I I think that it hurts a lot of that goodwill that he he had with the fans and. Uh, you know, in trying to placate Inter fans, uh, 
he's kind of he's he's kind of raised the middle finger to Chelsea fans and that that's not the way you want to do that sort of stuff. So I, I'm going to be interested to see when he does come back into the starting lineup, because I know it's inevitable that he will. Uh, yeah. What happens? Like, what will the fan response, especially if it's a home game, be like? You know, uh, I, I can I can just imagine. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm also worried, given that it's England, that it will be accompanied with some racism, because I have yeah. seen some comments that go into that. And yeah. I, I think there, I think that's awful. Obviously I, I condemn those comments and you know, you can criticize a player and uh, their supposed like lack of commitment towards a club without being an awful person while doing it. So. I, I agree. And that's why I wanted to be careful. When I, when I use the term like a uh, uh, locker room uh, cancer or whatever, because that, that, that usually is a term that gets disproportionately, attributed to players of color particularly black players for speaking their mind i i don't want to uh, make that the case because of course like i said before uh, speaking your mind as a player is something that is important and when you compare this situation to harry kane uh you can see similarities in their conduct but maybe a different media response and so i, I want i wanted to make sure that the way that we could portray both Harry Kane and Lukaku's situations with wanting potentially out of a club is relatively uh, the same and, you know, fair to both parties. So, you know, I, I still think Lukaku is in the wrong. However, I'm not going to go to the extremes uh, as some Chelsea fans ho have gone and hopefully will not go when he comes back. I think I still think he's a good player. I, I, the second that he scores... I, I think that most Chelsea fans are going to forgive him. Maybe I mean, he, he should probably like kiss the, 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 the crest and maybe all will be forgiven. You know? Yeah. 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 Chelsea fans, you know, I, I've seen it enough on Twitter. Uh, they kind of have the memories of goldfish. Yes. So do. it's, you know, uh, especially as we saw with Pulisic weeks and weeks trashing him as a player scores yeah. a goal against Liverpool. Oh, he's the best. He's the best. He's awesome. Uh, I, 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 I've never spoken bad about him, even though like, you know, their pin tweet is like saying how Pulisic needs to be transferred out of Chelsea, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, that's enough about Chelsea. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of everything. All, all the news stories about them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Jack, let's take a break from the news stories and hop into a segment. I know we talk about we were getting rid of segments, but, you know, in order to make sure that our show isn't just us talking for, you know, an hour on end about the news you know we will still have uh one segment a week just to break things up and that is uh jack's uh stat padding uh section where he asks me some questions and i usually fail at them so jack nah, why don't you, explain? you don't usually fail you usually do pretty well yeah. why don't you explain uh what the questions are going to be about this week and uh, let's get started with them yeah well i actually just chose to do questions about this weekend in soccer, you know, some okay. interesting Ooh, stats. Uh, so, AJ, if you've been keeping up with some stuff, this 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 will be easy. And, you know, there's only been two leagues that have played this weekend in like uh, top in top five leagues. So should be fine. So let's let's kick it off with, uh, uh, with, with <laughs> I, I think you'll be fine. I think okay, uh, okay, so okay. <laughs> let's start off with what was the biggest upset result this past weekend in top five leagues? So Premier League or La Liga? In uh, in terms of table position, I should. In terms add. of table position, mm -hmm. 
I know Real Madrid lost. I'm going to go with their loss to whatever team uh, that was. I don't even know. That is correct. Yes, yes uh, they lost cool. to Hatafe, who were Oof. in 18th place. That's terrible. Uh, so pretty bad. Uh, pretty bad loss for them. Uh, it was a one to zero loss. Definitely not starting out the new year well for <laughs> no, Real Madrid. And let's let's stay in Spain real quick. Okay, uh, Spain. So what game in La Liga had the most yellow cards in a game? And I've got options for you on this. Okay. So uh, because I don't expect you to know every La Liga game that happened. So we've got Espanyol versus Valencia. Okay. Hitafe versus Real Madrid. Okay. Elche versus Granada. Or Mallorca versus Barcelona. Okay. Uh, just off the bat, I really want to pick the, the two teams that are like, that, that's, that's just seem like, you know, I'm not going to say they're lower, but I'm looking at Elche versus Granada, and I'm like, that just seems like there'd be a lot of yellow cards. I'm seeing that's a 0-0 zero, zero draw, too. I'm going to go with that, t- that game. You're close. It's not <sighs> that one. They actually, they had nine. But wow. there was one game that had more, and that was oh, Espanol versus Valencia, which had ah. 10 yellow cards in it. And I, 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 that's, that's because I'm counting, uh, like, you know, for a red card, a second yellow oh, also yeah, counts yeah, right. and that. Uh, so they had just one more. Uh, Mallorca versus Barcelona had seven, and Hitafe versus Real Madrid had six. Jeez, so, what's in the water over there? I don't know, but uh, so, some something's something's up. Uh, you know, with Ramos gone, someone else has to has to exactly. commit all the fouls. So uh, let's go. Let's go over to England real quick. And I, I've got I've got three questions about England. So first okay. of all, only two players scored more than one goal in the Premier League in one game this weekend. Who were they? And I've got Only some hints. I, I've got some hints af- after if you if you want. Them, OK, but. go ahead. All right. The two the, the teams that they're from are West Ham and Brighton. OK, I'm going. Well, I, I know the answer to West Ham one. That was Lanzini because he scored a pretty good goal and then a penalty. Yep. And for Brighton. Uh, I, I, I want to go Mape because that's what everyone says. Uh, but for some reason. I don't know. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Dunk. Lewis Dunk actually has not been playing because he has a knee oh, injury. So. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> it was Alexis McAllister who scored uh, two goals. Yeah, I know. That, that one was a bit tough, but you get half a point for that. So you're at okay. uh, one and a half out of three. You, you're 50-50 on, on it. All right, so all right, all right. There okay. you go. Uh, this one might be a little bit easier. Okay. What results did not happen in the Premier League this weekend? Okay, crap. Zero one. Three to two, three to one, two to one, or one to one. Oh my gosh! Uh, ooh, I'm gonna go like like this weekend or yep, like this like week? this this weekend this weekend. Okay, looking over the table, I know there's some crazy results. I don't really remember seeing a one to one, so I'm gonna go with one to one. That is correct. There was no one to one draw. Zero to one was Watford versus Tottenham. Uh, three to two was well there were two there was uh everton versus brighton and then you had for some reason i can't think of the other one for uh and i forgot to write it in my notes so uh, what scoreline uh three to two it was crystal palace versus west ham that's yes. the uh, that's the other one uh three to one was leeds versus burnley uh two to one was arsenal versus man city 
And then we had no one to one draws. All right. Cool. In fact, Good I believe we only had one draw this entire weekend, which was Chelsea versus Liverpool. Nice. So there's that. Now, the next one, this one, this one's a bit tougher. How many stoppage time goals were scored in the Premier League this weekend? That includes first half and second half stoppage time. And bonus points if uh, af- after you get the number, uh, I'll get I'll give you I'll give you an extra bonus point for each player you can name that scored in stoppage okay. time. Well, I, I definitely know one of them's Rodri because he scored uh, the, the the stoppage time winner for City. I know Lanzini was one for the first half. I think he scored the penalty in stoppage okay. time in the first half. Beyond that, uh, did Christian Pulisic score his goal in stoppage time? I, I no, yeah, he definitely did because I, I remember seeing the highlights today. So that's three right there. Uh, I, I, I don't think I, I could confidently say those were the only three. So I'm gonna tack on two more goals there. I'm gonna go with five stoppage time goals in all. That is correct. There were five oh stoppage gosh. time goals, uh, and you got three of those as well. Uh, so. Do you do you know who the other two might have been or? Uh, uh, maybe it was uh, McAllister for Brighton that now you mention him. I don't know. No, unfortunately, that's not oh, one crap. of them. I can uh, you can you can have one more guess to, to see it since you, since there are five. You want to take okay. one more guess? Mm, I, I know Jack Harrison scored today for uh, Leeds. Uh, I'm going to go with him, maybe. It was a Leeds player, but it was not Jack ah. Harrison. It was Dan James who scored for Leeds. Okay. And the other one was Davinson Sanchez, who scored Ooh. for Tottenham in right. that last oh. minute winner against Watford. Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. I remember that. Made me very okay. sad because I uh, because uh, I could have really used, uh, you know, some some clean sheet Watford points. But <laughs> it's uh, it's all right. Uh, so you, you you did pretty well on that one. And. Uh, so I, I think you did pretty well overall. You you got you got half a point for the two players who scored more than one goal. You got the what results actually occurred. Uh, what, uh, so you got you got two and a half plus the or three and a half plus the extra points from naming yes. three of the okay. goals. So no, not I'll too bad. Yeah, not I'll too bad. It. All right, listeners, hopefully you did uh, well, too, and maybe maybe you're able to get uh, Sanchez. I'm sure if you're a Tottenham fan, you were screaming at me yeah. <laughs> uh, to get that one. But yeah, thank you, Jack, for that. Let's get uh, back into some news stories. Another huge one would be two U.S. men's national team players moving abroad from MLS to Europe. On the first day, the transfer window was open. First, we have Daryl Dike moving to West Brom and Ricardo Pepe moving to Augsburg in the Bundesliga. Let's start off with DK. Uh, the US Men's National Team striker from Orlando City is moving to fourth-placed West Bromwich Albion in the championship for a reported $9.5 million fee, plus performance bonuses, plus 20% of any future sale. Contract would be for 4.5 years, which uh, would take us to the end of the 2026 season. He scored nine goals on his five-month loan to Barnsley in the championship last season and has since scored 10 goals since coming back to Orlando City. Jack, you know, we used to do our transfer hot or not, so I'm going to ask you, is this a hot transfer or a not hot transfer? Oh, this is a very hot transfer. This is fantastic for, uh, for West Brom because here's the thing. 
Uh, West Brom is a very good team so far. Uh, obviously, they are because they're in fourth place, right? Uh, their key issue this entire season has been goal scoring. They have good goal scores here and there. You know, they, uh, they've got uh, Carlin Grant, who's a winner, who, who's scored quite a few goals, nine goals. Callum Robinson has scored a few. He plays as a striker occasionally, but is usually more of a winger uh, slash attacking midfielder. But beyond that, they don't really have a striker who scores a ton of goals for them. So they really needed uh, someone who can who could score goals. And we know that DK is a very physical player. Boston in the championship last season, you know, mm-hmm. with Barnsley. This is a great transfer for them, uh, yeah. especially like only 10 million for a proven player as well, uh, who has played in the championship, scored tons of goals for a team that now without him is probably going to get relegated. You yeah. know, like, I, I mean, it shows how important uh, he, he was to that uh, that team's goal output. And I yeah. think that this is potentially exactly what West Brom need to boost them into potentially automatic promotion uh, contention. You know, uh, Fulham has a few games in hand that could ruin that a little bit for them, but they're only four points behind automatic promotion. So they they could potentially start challenging for that. So, yeah, this is a fantastic transfer for them. Red, red hot move, in my opinion. Jack, do you happen to know the current head coach of West Brom? It is. Yes, I, I do, because I believe it is. DK's former coach at Barnsley. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I, I think I think that's uh, about perfect for uh, as perfect yeah. of a transfer as you could get. This is really like, a, in my opinion, like a 10 out of 10 transfer, because I, I think it really it captures everything you really want out of a move, which is current opportunity and future opportunity for growth. Uh, he'll be able to get minutes and get goals and potentially raise the bar for his club and get them promoted. Like, that's exactly what you want out of a transfer. And, you know, I tweeted about this today. People freaked out when Orlando last summer didn't sell him at the first sniff of a high transfer fee. Like, many were mad when they were asking for a high fee, like about $20 million, because some people just don't understand how negotiating works and you always go high so you can push your potential buyers to raise the price. And now Orlando gets the last laugh because they were able to keep him for their playoff playoff push. Didn't really like, you know, turn into much. They didn't get to any MLS Cup final or anything like that. But still, without DK, they would be dead in the water. And yet, even after keeping him, they get such a good deal from a championship club. Ten million that goes, you know, straight to them. Twenty percent, you know, if if he goes crazy and gets sold for let's say 30 million that's 20 percent. that's 6 million in, in their bank accounts for doing nothing like that this is great uh, this is a great financial move for orlando great move for dk and now that the u.s men's national team has a player that probably will be scoring goals consistently that's going to be great for them as well ricardo pepe however is uh, another transfer that happened yesterday as we were recording this from fc dallas to augsburg the 18 soon to be 19 year old american striker is moving from fc dallas where he scored 13 goals this season was the young player of the year in mls he's moving to fc augsburg in the bundesliga for a club record 20 million dollars where did they get the money i don't know but it's also including add-ons as well jack he's moving to at Augsburg that are currently 
15th place in the Bundesliga one point out of relegation zone. We'll definitely get some minutes. Do you think that this is a hot transfer for Ricardo Pepe? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this this is great for both sides, uh, for Pepe, for Augsburg, for Dallas. Uh, so let's go over Augsburg first. Augsburg, their top scorer has three goals. Right. Th- three goals this entire season. In how many ga- how many games have they played? They have played 17. 17 yes, 17 yes. games. Uh three goals is their top goal score. <laughs> that's that's I I I I just want to repeat that one more time. Top goal score, three goals. Uh that's awful. They need a new striker. Uh you know, I I like Florian Niederlechner. Yeah, I I play him on my on my FIFA Ultimate team. He was one of my first players that I got when I started oh, nice. it this this year. But Come on, you, they need <laughs> someone else uh, who can score some goals for them. And, uh, you know, Pepe has been really good uh, in MLS. You know, he, he proved that it wasn't just MLS. He scored goals on international duty as well. You know, so he he is a good player. He's young. There's a lot of upside as well. So this could be good, even if Augsburg get relegated. Like this is still a, a fantastic transfer. And for Pepe. You know, he gets to move to Europe to a club where he's actually going to get minutes. You know, for Wolfsburg, I'm not sure if he's guaranteed minutes as much there because, you know, Veghorst is decent enough, I think. Uh, you know, yes. his, his output's dropped off a little bit, but still a, a very good player. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Augsburg's a, a, a great landing place for, for him. Uh, I, I also think that Augsburg should survive relegation personally uh yes they're only one point off the drop but you know uh you also have to remember there's the relegation playoff spot so even if they drop down one spot they're not guaranteed to go down but uh and also wolfsburg isn't much better of a move for them because they're (laughs) they're they're only two points ahead of augsburg so uh, i i think that this is a fine transfer and dallas get 20 million huge that, that that's awesome uh and they're going to probably invest that in their academy as well and keep building and getting more of these players yeah. which is fantastic and great for the u.s men's national team as well yeah great for u.s men's national team i'm not so sure if that's good for dallas fans who probably want that money to be spent on like an actual good designated player I, i'm but sure i'm sure some of it'll go towards that but yeah I, hopefully yeah <laughs> Jack, I wish I could be as optimistic about this move as you are, because I think this is a, a good move. I'll say this is a, a simmering move, right? Okay, okay. You know, Augsburg, you know, I said they're 15th, 16th in shots per, on target per match, 14th in big chances created, 14th in goals per match. All three of their top three strikers, as it is right now, have pretty bad or average stats, but they all have great stats for defensive contribution that's like clearances tackles pressures interceptions and that kind of clues us into like the style that augsburg play which happens to be a more you know sit back like the first line of defense are our strikers i don't really think that that game fits peppy as well as say a more defensive striker like sergeants all three of them are also in the bottom 25 and five percent uh, for touches in the attacking penalty box and progressive passes received per 90, respectively. And while Pepe does have some good defensive stats in MLS in terms of pressures and interceptions per 90, 
he's not going to get the same level of service that has allowed him to get a really good XG and shots per game stats that he got with Dallas. At Dallas, he's also the top 40% in terms of progressive passes received, and he really excels in movements uh, in the box and receiving dangerous balls. And no offense to Augsburg, but that's just not going to happen there considering that where they're at in terms of the competition that surrounds them. So in some way, I'm worried, similar to the Sargent situation, uh, where Sargent uh, does not get nearly enough the service to actually like, get chances. But I don't know, maybe I am, maybe I am actually okay with it, because even if they get relegated, he's, the, the second Bundesliga is still a, a good place to compete. I'm just worried that if he spends half a season not doing anything in terms of scoring goals or like, getting good service that it's just not going to add to his development which is important at 19. Jack am I crazy or is that like is that something that is makes sense? No no no, that makes sense but you said that they're they're not great compared to the competition around them. You have to remember this team beat Bayern Munich as well like I mean that's true. They like and a fully fit Bayern Munich as well like they had their full team on uh Save for Alfonso Davies, that that's it. That's the only main first team player they didn't have in that game. I I think that Augsburg is a decent enough team who can put together good results. It's it's just a you know I I think they're trying to build something better, and uh-huh. you know I I think if Pepe can be a player who can feed on some some of that limited service as well. That that that's also good for his development, I, I think, because it develops a different side of his game that could be useful because, you know, the U.S. is a good team in terms of international play. But we have to be aware that we're not necessarily on the level of a lot of European powerhouses. So mm-hmm. it's possible that we like eventually we might have to play kind of defensively against some, some of those teams. So I, I think it could be good to develop that part of Pepe's game because we saw that while he's good at receiving service and creating stuff out of that, he could use some uh, some development on that other side uh, of the game. So I, I think it could be very good. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that definitely makes sense. And I think that as long as we're OK with him struggling for a little bit, this move is going to be a pretty hot, good transfer no matter what, because it's either he struggles and he learns from it or he rise up to the occasion and becomes the missing piece that Augsburg needs, right? Like he's, he's still only 19. So even, even if uh, this fails for, for uh, this transfer, it's not going to set him back as much as say, if he was in his prime and this was like going to be like the move that sets him apart. So yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. Uh, let's move on from the U.S. men's national team and talk a little bit about the EFL cup semifinals, which are upon us really quickly going over the games and what we think will happen. Uh, it's the first leg. EFL Cup semifinals are in two legs. So we got Chelsea versus Tottenham. Uh, Jack, I'll, I'll let you kind of give your prediction. See, guys, we're still doing predictions. just not in the same way. Uh, how do you think that Chelsea and Tottenham, when all is said and done after the two legs, is going to uh, finish? Yeah, well, I, I think that Chelsea are going to win still. Uh, I, I, I know that that Tottenham look a little bit better recently, uh, but they still haven't put together the most convincing results, in my opinion. You know, 1-1 draw versus Southampton, 
a 1-0 win against Watford that came in the last minute of play. Uh, I, I, I think that Tottenham still have a ways to go for things to work out. And Chelsea, yes, they, they are probably going to be missing, uh, you know, I, I believe probably Mendy is going to be out for right. AFCON. But Kepa fills in for cup duty anyway. And actually, Kepa has only played like once in the Premier League this season. And it was against Tottenham and he kept a clean sheet against them. So, uh, you know, I, it was it was under a different manager and it was yes. when Tottenham weren't playing that well. But it was also directly after Tottenham uh, beat Manchester City uh, that that game. So I, I still think that it's it's not too it's it's, it's not going to be that difficult for Chelsea to get a result out, out of this. I, I think there's a possibility it goes to penalties, but. I, I, I think that Chelsea can win this this result. Uh, did you want me to give an exact scoreline or did you or did? Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you want. But I, I think uh, with two legs, that might be a, a yeah, little bit it's, dicey. It's tough. And also, I, I want to mention Chelsea have not lost to Tottenham since, you know, it, it was it was uh, over two legs. They beat them in the EFL Cup in 2019. Uh, they mm-hmm. lost them in the in the away leg, uh, one to zero. But then beat them in the home leg, beat them on penalties. The last time they they lost them in the league was in 2018. Uh, so I, I I'm feeling I I'm feeling decent about our odds on it. I don't know. I, I think Antonio Conte is the game changer that that Spurs need since Maybe. he's come in. Since he's come in, like they've had vastly improved their expected goal difference under him and have been very defensively sound only conceding according to my research more more than one goal in a game once and that was against liverpool chelsea you know to their credit a lot of this is because they've had a lot of injuries particularly to their wing backs but they've considered more than one goal in three premier league games and four games in all competitions since the start of december and have only kept one clean sheet in the league a 0-0 draw against Wolves. So I think this first leg, I expect to maybe be a draw, but unless Chelsea can get defensive cover uh, in the next few weeks in January, I wouldn't be surprised if they back out of both the EFL Cup and, you know, fade from the title race. Maybe that's a bit dramatic, but I, I definitely think that Tottenham have just as much of a chance to win this uh, than Chelsea. I don't know if that's crazy. I think I think it's I think it's crazy. It's I, I think Chelsea. Yeah, boo. Arsenal versus Liverpool. Jack, you, uh, who, who are you backing here? Because I, I, I really think that Arsenal are going to win this. And the X factor to me, like I can point towards the fact that Arsenal are in gen general on better form uh, compared to where they were in the the beginning of the season. But I just don't think that Klopp has really ever taken this competition that seriously. They're missing Mane and Salah, and I, I highly doubt he's going to risk any senior players for this game, especially how how vocal he is against, you know, how congested fixtures can get. Like, the last time that Klopp led Liverpool to the semifinals was in 2017, where they lost to Southampton. Mm. Southampton with a Virgil van Dijk on it, actually. A little a oh, trivia wow. fact for you. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I if I had to guess, I think it's going to be Arsenal and Tottenham in the final for a North London derby final. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. But that, that's just the way I see it, Jack. Arsenal versus Liverpool. 
Do, do you think Klopp uh, uh, puts out a good team for this? Or do, or do you think a, a good team or do you think a bad Liverpool team could still beat Arsenal? I don't know. Uh, I, I here's the thing. I'm not sure if Klopp's even in charge for this game because he got COVID. So oh, um, <laughs> so I'm not sure if he's even in charge. And also, uh, Allison's out with COVID. That's true. Uh, Matip's out with COVID. Firmino's out with COVID. Tiago's out with a hip injury. Minamino's out with a thigh, thigh injury. Uh, you know, they're pretty injured, uh, Liverpool. And also, no Mane or Salah uh, or Keita. So I'm not sure if they could even risk a first team <laughs> lineup. Like, <laughs> I, because I don't think they have a first team lineup to risk. So uh, Arsenal are going to be missing Aubameyang and potentially Partey, I, I think. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I think Arsenal are probably going to win this one because they care about the cup a lot more uh, it, because I, I think they've kind of accepted Arsenal that they're not really in a title race. You know, they're they're 18 points behind Manchester City. It's not yeah. a, it, they're not in a title race. They're in a top four race. Sure. Title race. No. Uh, so I, I think that's kind of been accepted as sort of a fact for them. And I, I think that they see this as an opportunity to pick up some silverware. So I think they're going to take it seriously. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I think I think that uh, I, I think Arsenal will win this one. You know, uh, that, that's that, that's a bit strange to say, especially since around this game, they also have arguably one of the harder FA Cup ties for the third round. They have to go to Nottingham Forest. Uh and also they have a North London Derby immediately oh, wow. after their <laughs> second leg with Liverpool. But Liverpool don't take cups seriously. They, they don't. Yeah. And uh, I, anyone who expects them to uh, is going to be let down. So right. that, that I, I think Ar- I, I, I think it will be Chelsea versus Arsenal in All the right. EFL Try, Cup. Trying to manifest that 2020 FA Cup rematch. Yeah, and that, but a different result this time, you know, that would be great. Uh, and hopefully not a Pulisic injury. Hopefully not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that or an Azpilicueta injury because we can't have any more defensive no, no, injuries. No. Uh, so just an injury-free one. Just that's it. Okay, so so we're both uh, predicting London derbies. Just uh, yep. different types. Different types here. All right. We'll, I'm predicting the better one. Yeah. All right. Yep. <laughs> we'll 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 see how it all turns out. Jack, we have time for one more story to recap. Would you like to talk about Arsenal versus Man City, or would you like to talk about some controversy surrounding AFCON? I, I think we should talk about AFCON, because AFCON gets too disrespected too often. All right, uh, so let's I, do I, I it. Th- I think we got to talk about it. All right, well, first of all, before we get to that, some real quick things. I'll mention Arsenal versus Man City. Uh, Man City beat them 2-1. to one. Some controversy given how much arsenal get yellow cards and red cards maybe we'll talk about in the future but a fun fact of the day for you arsenal uh have been the first premier league team to reach 100 red cards so wow oh no what a record yeah what what a great great record and as well as what i want to mention is uh thailand have won the aff championship which is the 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 championship for uh southeast asian teams uh congrats to them i think it's their sixth time winning it wow. uh beats i want to say it was either singapore or indonesia uh I, i'm not exactly quite sure but they won and the philippines did not make it out the group stage despite making oh. the semifinals last time so very very sad about that jack do you know uh the team that they uh beat to win the title 
Uh, it was Indonesia. It it, okay. it looks like uh, on and I guess it's a two legged thing. It is for, yes. for them. So uh, yeah, they they beat Indonesia uh, six to two on aggregate. Although they did draw the second leg two to two. Yeah. So Indonesia attempted to come back. Wasn't enough though. Yeah, Thailand has definitely been one of the dominant teams in that region. But don't worry, Philippines will win it next time. I believe. I believe. All right. Speaking of uh, international tournaments, let's talk about Afcon. AFCON starts this week, and we'll have an, a very in-depth preview on Thursday going through all the contenders, the groups, how we think will turn out. Uh, but there's been some controversy in the news lately about players maybe skipping out on AFCON to stay with their clubs as AFCON gets played from January to February in the middle of a lot of their club seasons. So a reporter asked Sebastian Allaire of Ajax and the Ivory Coast if you know he'd rather just stay in Ajax and help them uh, with their Champions League and, and title race. And he said, quote, this question shows disrespect for Africa. Would you question ever, would this question ever get asked to a European player ahead of the Euros? Of course, I'm going to the Africa Cup. So Jack, you alluded to it earlier. I'm guessing you think AFCON does get disrespected. Is that true? Yeah, it, it does. Like, seriously, uh, Haller is right on that. It, imagine if, uh, like, you know, uh, for the World Cup, that's going that's going to be in uh, what what is it November and December this year, right? Imagine mm-hmm. after a game, a reporter comes out to Mason Mountain is like, "Hey, are you going to skip out on representing England for the World Cup since it's in the middle of the season?" No, uh, he he's he's gonna he's gonna say that's he, he's gonna say obviously not. Players work hard to represent their countries. They they have to put in the work at the club level to get call-ups for it and asking asking them this kind of questions especially for afcon only i i don't i don't i can't think of another competition that this has gotten asked about like to yeah. to any player right like uh i i think it's incredibly disrespectful and honestly kind of just kind of racist uh, uh, to a, little a certain bit, extent a little bit yeah to to a certain extent like say, like are are you like are they alluding that Africa, African nations don't deserve to get represented at the same level uh, or like that, that their players don't uh, don't care about their countries as much or something like mm-hmm. that. It, it's an honor to get to play for your country for at, at the international level. So, yeah, of course, players are going to accept those call ups if they're if they're available to. So I, I think it's incredibly disrespectful uh, to to ask that kind of questions. And AFCON is an awesome tournament anyway. So. I'm there's excited. so many I'm re- there's so many good teams that are that are playing like you know some of the best honestly some of the best nations in the world are playing in AFCON yeah. uh there's some really strong contenders so I'm excited to see what happens with this yeah I, I'm generally more excited to watch AFCON than I was for the UEFA Nations League like by yeah far. yeah I mean yeah I mean I was excited for the Nations League finals but oh yeah, yeah that's I because guess. France was in it but yeah. overall yeah I mean AFCON is like is at the same level of the Euros. So mm-hmm. I, I think it deserves hype. It, it, to me, it's really like pretty plain and simply Eurocentric thinking. I hesitate to call it like necessarily racism, and I'll definitely, definitely call it Eurocentric That's thinking. That's a better because, word for it. That's a yeah. much better word for it. Because for a lot of these reporters and European fans, the only thing that really matters to them, or the only thing they really even think about, is Europe, European games, whether it's the club level or the international games. And so everything else just kind of comes secondary. 
And it, it, even the, the entire question, like, I, but it cuts into our season. That's the reason why we're mad. But the question is, whose season? Because it's the European season that's cutting to. The reason why AFCON has to be played in, you know, the Northern Hemisphere winter is because it just gets too hot to play in the summer if you play in Northern Africa. It's like saying, hey, Canada, I want you to host an outdoor hockey tournament in January because because, you know, that's just how the Southern Hemisphere that's that that they play uh, their season in a uh, in, in July. So we have to have it in, in January. You know, just la- just yesterday, the Minnesota Wild played an outdoor game and it was negative four degrees as the yep. high. Like that's that's kind of a good comparison to how hot it could get in Africa. So it just makes sense. And yes, it sucks to play uh, AFCON during the season where they have to miss four or five games, which is pretty important. But at the same time, they're representing their country. And I think in a way that matters more than having to miss however many games that they'll they'll have to miss like like it, it yes it is a trade-off when you when you uh sign an african player but can you really blame them when for a lot of these african nations representing their country in the international level is one of the highest honors that they can uh receive i mean it's the same with uh us and our teams the same with like the philippines and our basketball team Yes, we're like it. We're small, smaller nations in the grand scheme of things compared to like Sebastian Allaire in the Netherlands or Germany or uh, Dennis in England. But at the same time, like this is this is like what a lot of these players vie for because they come from these countries that don't get a lot of representation, like in the World Cup or in the club game. So this is it. This is like this is for the smaller countries, like uh, like uh, the Gambia who 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 made it. This is like their World Cup, so I don't know. This it's just I'm I'm on a soapbox right now, but it, it's I don't know. It, it's kind of uh, silly and stupid, and, and even on Reddit and Twitter, a lot of people are anti-Afcon. It, it just it really grinds my gears. African Cup of Nations is, are so sick. Jack, uh, anything else to say here before we uh, wrap things up? I mean, it, it's it's going to be awesome to to watch. It'll be it will it, be. It, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I I'm looking forward to it. You know, I I I'm I'm excited to watch Senegal because they're pretty exciting. Uh, although there are there are some there are some players that got left out of their teams for some some re some reasons that make sense. Some that don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Ziesh isn't playing for Morocco. I can't remember exactly why, but there was some controversy about it uh, specifically. Um, I, I, I don't I don't remember what it is. I think it was that he had a falling out with the head coach or something like that. Yeah. So he he isn't playing for Morocco. Uh, Victor Osimhen, he's not playing for Nigeria because of an injury. So there there's stuff like that. But, you know, honestly, this is going to be really exciting to see uh aj do you have any countries that you're specifically rooting for in in uh in afcon because i've i've got two that i'm that i'm really looking for who are your two i'm guessing one of them is senegal because of senegal yep and i'm also looking forward to seeing algeria 
because okay. they they've got a they've got an awesome squad full, all right full of well, some jack awesome I'll have players you know that, yeah that algeria is probably my top team that i'm cheering for okay. because of okay. ben rama yep like every, every time he scores or does something for the club our comments on social medias get filled with algerian flags i'm like heck yes yeah let's go <laughs> so i gotta cheer for them uh and sebastian Allaire, i mean i, I quoted him I'm I'm still like weirdly such a big uh Hilaire fan and like a big Ajax fan because of him. So I'm definitely cheering for the Ivory Coast. Uh beyond that, the Gambia, which I watched a, a YouTube video the other day, is literally just like a country that's like five miles on either side of a river. It's like this really thin strip of land. They made the tournament. They are they are there um uh, beating some pretty big teams in qualification. I think they're going to get destroyed in their group. I don't know who's in their group, and we'll cover that. But if they can, like, have an offset and maybe make the knockout rounds, I will I will freak out, because that would be such a, a fun, cool story. Yeah. Uh, those, those are my picks. Gambia is actually uh, surrounded by Senegal. That, that's, that's... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so that, that's where they're located. Their group, by the way, includes Mali, who's decent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mauritania, which... They're yeah, all right. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, the the big powerhouse that they have to beat in their group is Tunisia. Okay, well that's who, gonna be hard. But. Who lost in the uh in the why why uh, the FIFA Arab Cup after extra time to Algeria? So Tunisia are, are a big powerhouse, and I'm excited to see them as well. But uh, you know, Senegal, I'm looking forward to seeing them, and. Algeria, you know, I I really like Ben Rama as well because I'm not yeah, sure if right. you know, but he was rumored to go to Chelsea originally before going to West Ham. So I I, w- I was looking <laughs> forward to potentially seeing him. Of course, didn't actually happen. Uh, but still, Algeria has just a solid squad of players. Uh, you know, I'm I I also really like um Youssef Atal from Nice on their mm-hmm. squad. So oh, yeah, that, right, that's, right. I, I, I've, I've liked Nice in league on this season quite a bit, uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing him in there. And Andy Delore, I believe, also plays uh, for them, who is also from Nice. So uh, that, that would be interesting to see as well. So, yeah, nice. I, I'm, I'm just excited for AFCON. I, I love international games. So Yeah, and we're so excited about AFCON that we're going to be covering the African Cup of Nations this Thursday in our deep dive episode, going through the groups, going through the teams, going through the players that got left out and got called in. So definitely listen to that when it comes out. Jack, that is it for all of our stories today. A new format. I thought it went pretty well. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like it to be able to discuss a little bit more. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, and, you know, you can let us know if you liked it, didn't like it, by going to our Twitter yes. at Final Third Show, you know, always got to plug the Twitter on there. Uh, we'll we'll probably do some polls as well for some EFL semi cup, mm-hmm, uh, absolutely EFL Cup semifinal previews. Uh, so you can make some predictions on those. No points associated with it this time, but just for a little bit of fun on there. Uh, you can see uh, me go crazy at, uh, after you know Kovacic scores another worldie against Tottenham. Sure. To make it seven to, to nothing, oh, wow. uh, obviously in in uh, the cup game. If that actually happens, I'll 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 be incredible, incredibly okay. surprised. But uh, yeah, make sure to check us out on Twitter and for that matter, our Instagram final third show on there. Uh, we're using Instagram a little bit more. That that's one of our New Year's resolutions for this podcast. So 
uh, make sure to check both of those out. Yeah. And also don't forget to uh, rate and review us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all of that. It's the best way you can uh, you know, support this show for free. So go ahead and do that. Uh, if you want a, a place to find all of our episodes, uh, find whatever podcast platform you can listen to us on, uh, go to our website, finalthirdshow.com, and you will be able to have all that in one easy place to access. Yeah, tell your friend about the show. Tell your dad about that show. Uh, we'll see you guys this Thursday for our AFCON-themed deep dive. We'll see you guys same time, same place for another news and predictions episode. See ya. Bye for now.